Dane and Derek is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. You can find content warnings in the episode description. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Dane and Derek. Today, we are back after uh, probably... I don't know. It's been like at least over a month since the last we talked IRL, but since you're hearing mm-hmm. this, it's been about a week because yep. I've been behind on edits. And so now we're going to have a lot of closer episodes. So this is going to be an interesting last few episodes of the season. Um, this is episode 20. And yeah, let me introduce my uh, co-host as always, Dane. Who Hi. are you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing... You asked how I was, right? Asked who you are, but how you are also works. (laughs) You know, I'm, it's, like Derek said, it's been a second. It's been a hot minute. Um, anyways, uh, I'm Dane. I, I am a writer. I am a law student. Uh, I am a lover of music, tabletop RPGs, video games, movies, art in general, life, people. I I don't know. That's, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. That's you in a nutshell. Yeah, and who are you, um, Derek? My, Mo, yeah. Wow, I didn't even introduce myself. My name is Derek, D-E-R-E-K, in case people were wondering. Mm. Uh, and I, uh, I'm a film person, lover of life, lover of tabletop RPGs. Uh, Surfer sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I've been learning how to golf, uh, but I don't consider myself good at at, at golf <laughs> it's so um, hard to be the, the 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 skill threshold to be acceptable at golf is so high relatively yeah. speaking you know like mm-hmm. uh, you know like there's there's some like sports you know I, you know like most sports have like a, a threshold to be considered good if you're going up against like pros or whatever but for like like amateur athletes, you know, like your hobbyist yeah. athletes. There are some sports that like there's a low threshold to where you can be like, I can play and I can play fine, you know, in badminton. It's pretty easy to get that volley going, you know, but golf is fucking. Yeah, it's something else. It's like, wild. Anyway, it's very satisfying, but very rough. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of these episodes, we should attempt a sport like. Next time you're in LA, maybe we should go to a surf class. Oh, that would be awesome. I haven't and, yeah. <laughs> I haven't even attempted such a thing since high school. So I would yeah. I would be up for that, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. We're definitely in the winter season though, so unless you're catching big waves, I ain't gonna be you're not gonna see me at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll take my sub four feet, thank you. Mm. Uh, anyway, um it's fun, it's fun. ironically enough, sports is not the topic of today's episode. No. Um, Today's one of your topics, Dane. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Go ahead and introduce it. Um, Well, all right. So we're talking about starting campaigns today. We're we're, we're back on our shit. We're back on our D&D shit, Um, our tabletop RPG shit. Um, It's it's nice for us. Um, But there's a a couple reasons I suggested this. Uh, One, we haven't really talked about it. Uh, Two, I think... On average, more people well, people will start more campaigns than they will properly play, and definitely more than they will finish. Um, yeah, that's a fair 
statistic that we don't need to do any research on. No, I, I, I'm, I, I don't think <laughs> like, there's a single uh, peer-reviewed study of such a thing. And I am 100% <laughs> confident in what I just said. Yeah, 100%. No. I, I, I completely agree. And if people want to fact check us, go for it. Ask any dungeon Ask, master. Yeah. Literally. Like anyone. They, like if, if somebody has like, uh, like even, um, even I would say like a batting 500, like a 50% complete rate on campaigns. I want to hear from that person because yeah. I want their secret. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and, and so the, the long and short of it is I, I think that there's a lot to it. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to talk about ending campaigns someday um, too. Cause I think that's, because I think it's so much less common, it's really tricky and really tough. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's difficult. It, it is really difficult. Um, but I really want to talk about it because you do it so much, really, I think, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. And I think it's exciting. I think it's really fun. Um, I'm also in the midst of starting a campaign. Uh, I took a quick break between what I was doing before I started recording and recording to do dinner. Um, but right now my, uh, computer is stacked up on top of all of my fifth edition books that have monsters in them. Um, partially because that lets me see the computer while I stand and partially because I was going through and picking out monsters for the campaign setting I'm creating. Oh. I am right in the middle of it. Two things, two things that Dane likes picking out monsters in D and D campaigns and standing during recording. Two things um, I like. Yeah, two things you like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think I think it's a good topic to discuss starting campaigns because it is it is hard, especially for new DMs. You know, I just have I have a coworker who just for the first time DM'd and for the first time had to wrangle a campaign and a group together mm-hmm. and an adventure together. And now it's looking like they're gonna get a second adventure. Um and they're working towards that second adventure and it's you know, it's a, it's very interesting. And as someone who's definitely, uh, you know, started more campaigns than I've finished, I've maybe only finished three, no, four, but two of those, two, one of those was a, was a one shot split up over three weeks. Mm-hmm. The other was a, okay. hundred percent counts. Okay. And the other one, I, I don't like counting it because I, I didn't like how it ended. Uh, but that mm. it does count, unfortunately. And I think that's the thing out of the four I've only maybe had, I've, I've been lucky in that the very first campaign, I like the very first campaign I finished had a really good ending. And the most recent campaign I've finished had a good ending. Mm. Um, I'm in a nice sandwich there where I'm, <laughs> I don't know if I want to start another game. Um, with for fear of not being able to finish and take it across the finish line, um, because I have done several starts and fits since that la- most recent ended campaign, and I haven't had the opportunity to finish those for whether it's just things didn't work out or um, my capacity changed or we lost momentum or for whatever reason, and uh, yeah, I think. It's it's interesting, yeah. Like there will be definitely more adventures started. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I guess hmm, now that you're preparing stuff, you said you're picking monsters. Yes. Um, as a, I guess let's specifically talk about this perhaps from the dungeon master standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, because I think like it's very rare that a player will be like, "Oh, I found a DM." Um, 
<laughs> and we're putting and I'm putting together the game and bringing in my friend who DMs to DM it for me with everyone. Like it's very rare that that happens. So from a DM's perspective, mm-hmm. give me the lowdown on how you begin a campaign and, or at least how you prepare for that. Everything leading up to that first session. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before I say that, I, I was also in the background counting all the campaigns I've finished in my life. Mm. It's 13. Um, Whew. Which, which you, to you and I, I was like, oh shit, that's a lot actually. Um, but it doesn't sound like a lot was, was what I was thinking. Um, well, yeah, because you probably started like 40 games. Probably something <laughs> like that. Yeah. 13, yeah. like 13 yeah. over, you know, closing on 20 years of playing. Right. So yeah. it's, it, it sounds like not a lot. Um, yeah, but it is kind of, it is actually kind of a lot anyways. So. But to actually answer your question, to go back to talking about starting your campaign, I think that there's a lot of ways you can do it. Um, and I've done it uh, a, a number of ways myself. Um, sometimes uh, I, I can, I will sit down and I will, um, how should I explain this? There's a, it depends on a level of prep is the difference. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will sit down with a campaign and uh, basically everything will be ready. I, I roughly know, like, it's basically like I've sat there and I have written one of the like fifth edition pre-published campaign books. Um, and and it's usually a hell of a lot shorter, but it's like that. Um, on the other end, it's usually like, I've never actually started a campaign, like purposely started a campaign, um, wherein I didn't have at bare minimum, a map with a bunch of like fucking icons on it, like a bunch of like places for players to go um, and and to do with some like pre-made NPCs and some vague thoughts about like the cosmology and like what lives here and what's going on. And like every little icon, if you go there, I'm more or less fully prepped to just like, if you want to just hang out there this whole session, that's fine. Um, That is like where my bare minimum lies basically. And then everything else is kind of in between for me um and i've had success doing it all um so i'm sure that second one you're really familiar with because that's how we started the lich campaign the evil characters campaign back in high school is Mm -hmm. um i slapped down a map in front of you all and i remember this very distinctly and this is one of the reasons i often do this because there's a lot of um if you're with the right players there's a lot going on there that's super exciting Mm-hmm. Um, because like you slap the map down and you say, as long as it's here and here, you guys go where you want, you know, like that's exciting for, for players. Um, yeah. on the other end of the spectrum, uh, there was a game I ran called shadow light. And for a lot of reasons, I was basically, I basically was like, okay, listen, what we're going to do is we are going to run a bunch of inc- interconnected heists all leading up to kind of like a big moment. Um, <clears throat> and it's all going to take place in this one city. And basically I knew everything. I knew what adventures were coming. I knew every NPC that they could realistically run into. And then I had a random table for generating a city NPC based on the district of the city they were in and whatever. Um, <clears throat> and that was, that was basically like a, a pre-made adventure. Like I walked them through it. It's not that their choices didn't matter. It's just that, 
it was more like playing Dragon Age, so to speak, where it's like you can like you go through the the outcomes like along the way, you know, but like spoilers, Hawk's mother always dies. Sorry. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. it's it's that kind of thing. Um uh but like how how it turns out with like the Templars and all of this stuff, who knows? That's up to you. So it was a lot more like that. Um and usually I'm somewhere in the middle with the map thing. Usually that's when I'm in a mood to kind of like leave a lot up to the players. Um, and when that happens, it usually leads to a campaign that I find to be uh, from a world building perspective, a little inconsistent, um, but usually a lot of fun though. It does require a, lot of player investment so if your players are not the one if your players are the ones who look at a blank page and get kind of anxious i wouldn't super recommend that Mm -hmm. um and so usually what i do is i make sure to have a couple of things for the first session um i make sure to have like a home base you know at its most simple it's a village with a tavern you know how it goes yeah um and that there's a dungeon nearby and there's like interesting things on the map. That is the basics that like, if you have that, you have the beginning as a campaign. If you have some vague ideas about like gods and goddesses and um, you know, vaguely what monsters are around, like you're good. That's all. That's all I think you need because I'm very focused around like get playing, you know, like you don't need to know everything. Um, sometimes though, it's really fun to know a lot more and sometimes it's really fun for players to have a good understanding of the world, you know? Um, like, for example, uh, I... Well, what's a, what's a good example? Oh, oh like, to... to, to if, you, if someone has, like, a ton of lore built up in their head about something already, um, they can, like, play off of it, right? Um, like for example, let's say we were playing kind of like an edge of the empire star Wars game because I know about order 66, I could play an order 66 survivor Jedi, right? Uh You can make, you can play on stuff. And so like, sometimes it's fun to do that. And also for you as the GM, sometimes that's really fun. And also if you want to create a particular flavor of certain things, it's really good to go in beforehand and make some changes based around that. So in this new campaign, for example, um, there aren't any dragons, there aren't any fiends, there aren't any celestials, for example, flat out. They just don't exist. And also, I really cut back on the amount of undead, basically just enough to leave in enough that like necromantic spells would all still work, so to speak. Mm. Um, and um, But beyond that, that's, that's it. Um... Okay, that's and, a pretty solid process. Yeah, yeah, and I can go into it a little bit more for sure, but what about you? Where's where's your head at usually? So, I mean, I, I, I think the thing that like, something I realized we also probably should have talked about a little bit was like, before starting a campaign, you have to like, you know, Mission Impossible style from like the 60s TV show, pick your team, pick your players. For sure. Um and like, you know, sometimes let's be real, like 
sometimes you're playing with folks that you either really want to play with. Sometimes you're playing with folks that uh, they just were kind of there. Sometimes you're playing with folks you've never played with before and you're freaking out on what kind of a player they are. And sometimes you don't really like the person that you have to play with and you got to either tell them step away or nah. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think like, you know, in this ideal scenario, right, like that we're talking about, it's like you have a group of people that really want to play whatever game you want to make. And I think like to that end, I find myself, I often start with, I start with a broad like one sentence about the world. I make like a little one sheet where like I talk a little bit about the world, what's kind of in it. And then I usually will use some comps, like some comparisons. I'll find some movies or some media um, and I'll just like send that to players. And then based Mm -hmm. on what they send me back from characters, I'll devise what we're going to be doing for the bulk of the story. Um, I very, I, I, I have done the map technique where it's one map sheet at a time, but I've never just done it where like I've showed up to the game with just the map and not knowing the players too Mm -hmm. well as their characters i've almost always taken into heavy consideration the characters in this in the game and building them into the world which is perhaps probably why i don't dm as often and why i don't finish as many games because it's super taxing um on the game master uh kind of that style do that much work um it is like writing it's what i imagine writing a novel feels like um except you're writing a novel with like five other people and <laughs> um, and also on top of that if someone's dice go fucking wonky then the novel also has to go wonky with it exactly and i think that method of dming i think that i've been doing it's arguably not the best but i think it's the one that i have sort of developed over a while um i found that i'm particularly better at adapting things like the most recent game I finished was a masks game. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically I said like, Hey, look, like it's our first time playing this system. Let's just have the setting be like future Los Angeles an alternative Los Angeles. Yeah. We all live in Los Angeles. We can reference things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we didn't have a map until like the third volume of comics or adventures really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mostly just had like the characters and then like a vague cast of NPCs. Um, and I kind of ran with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what what made that interesting was one of the characters, one of the players picked the doomed, which famously has a trait that once all of your like doom markers are checked, your doom consumes you and your character dies. Um, and this player was really adamant about that happening. And so the whole game became built around that experience. Yeah. Um, which was... yeah. You know, it was it was one of the things where this game could have gone on a long time. But I think having that cap, you know, we played like 20 sessions over the course of like a year. And, you know, it it almost all stemmed from that one player's decision, as well as um, some changes to the um, cast of characters. One player had to step away and another person came in and to join. And that kind of changed the dynamic and it kind of pivoted like the story of it. Um, and so I think like, yeah, like my, my strategy is very player focused versus like world focused. I think instead of building a set for the, for action figures to be placed in and to do think cool things in, I am taking the action figures and I am building 
um, or I'm not even building like a set around it. I'm instead like I'm sewing a tapestry yeah. very carefully and trying not to mess up. So totally. Yeah. I think that's kind of where I come at it. Very different approach. I, I don't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. I think that I Go see. Ahead. I think that's an, a really fantastic approach um, for sure, because yeah, it's um, a different style. And I think like perhaps that is like the other point about talking about the ways that we start a campaign, because everyone's going to have to find what way makes the most sense for them to plan. Absolutely. And like, it's important to think about your, like you, I really appreciate you bringing up this stuff about like, you got to figure out your players. You got to like all that, like all of that's super important too. And I will say I have run complete campaigns a lot like yours. If you want to hear them, they're over on Diceology. Yeah. Um, There you go. Diceology plug, baby. (laughs) Yep. They tend to make for extremely good performance shows more than more than what I like to do in my day to day sort of campaign. Um, What I like to do in my day to day campaign, I think leads to more meaningful moments for the players, but the game itself is not that fun looking in from the outside. Um, Yeah. Is, is something that I think is important to think about. And also like I've kind of come around to trying to play the game that the systems want you to play to some extent. Mm, um yes. so We've like if i'm about this before yeah so like if i'm playing fall of magic or um even something like dungeon world or masks i will suddenly become so much more interested in the characters mm. um before i do any sort of world building because there are some assumptions baked into the characters and there are some assumptions baked in to the mechanics right in masks i think explicitly characters probably don't die um that's not to say there aren't consequences but the genre that's being told is like teen titans comic stories and generally speaking characters don't die i think i have masks and i read it and like the doomed it doesn't even have to be death like i think raven is like a really good example where Mm -hmm. her doom is her evil demon father showing up for realsies you know like um it doesn't have to be that yeah. even even it can be and it, it can be yeah but it and doesn't think, even have to be that you know right but that's like the only example in which it can be in that game like there's no hit points characters don't take wounds it's not like D where there's a bit of that number crunch and that like resource management that right. it asks you to do yeah Same with like you know lancer versus mecha hack are two very different mech games mm-hmm. um you know dungeons and dragons versus you know, Dungeon World are two different D and D games. They super games. are. They super are. And and yeah, and I think that's also a really good point. Like knowing the game you're gonna play for your campaign and like leaning into what the game asks you to do, asks of you as a as a player is mm-hmm. important. Yeah. And I'm also in the OSR style of play, even with 5e. Like I and like you said with players, for this campaign I had considered, you know, I considered old school essentials. Um, you know, I, I considered all kinds of true OSR games, OSR hacks, all of that. Um, but I couldn't get my players on board with it. I would show them stuff and a couple of them would be, Oh, this is rad. And then they would look at the sparseness of the classes and I could see the disappointment on their faces. Yeah. Um, and the reason behind that is, 
at this point we are very used to as gamers just period like video gamers all of it having a plethora of choices for self-expression mm-hmm. yeah and so it feels like we're used to having photoshop and digital cameras and film cameras in color and in black and white we have all these choices and what i'm saying is like hey let's just do black and white photography you know and like yeah. a few people will be super into that with me but not everybody Um, and what I'm more asking is like, Hey, um, we're going to, everyone has to start (laughs) with, uh, film photography, but you can scan in your photos and we can Photoshop and do all the digital and all of that from there, um, is kind of what I'm, I'm pitching via, via my like hacks into 5e yeah um, and I, yeah and that's and, a part yeah exactly go ahead and to to go on like i literally can't even do the the method of <clears throat> uh character focused game and world building um because my method of character generation is people roll their characters at the table with me mm-hmm. so i can't do any prep work Um, that involves knowing what their characters are until they sit down and roll with me at the first session. And after that, I'm, you know, like, I'm so happy to like introduce characters who are related to their characters and all of this stuff. Um, but I need to, I need to make them a platform. I need to give them a stage, um, so that when they roll up a set of stats that they don't know what to do with, they're like, I did not come here thinking I was going to play a druid, but now I am. Can you tell me anything about druids? Cause I don't have any ideas, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I need to, I need to know, I need to know what it is and why and all that good stuff. Um, and so like you said, it's all about that style of play. Um, mm-hmm. but I have a question. Do you have any yes. favorite parts of campaign creation? Cause I do for sure. There's some I mean, things I love way more than others. <laughs> um, I can tell you my least favorite parts. That's good too. Um, I think it's like, like for me, the my least favorite parts are like anything that has to do with like city building. I really don't like city building. I don't mm-hmm. like figuring out any of the politics of the world. <laughs> I don't like figuring mm-hmm. out. Um, I don't even like like enjoy the the like like it, outside of drawing the map i don't enjoy thinking about what's in there mm-hmm. um i don't think i don't like thinking about all the businesses all the whatever whatever's i don't like thinking too far into the structure of the world and how the world works mm-hmm. um i'm also not the i also don't really enjoy uh figuring out what monsters i'm going to use um which i think is just because i i have a default that i'm comfortable with yeah. Um and I don't really change it and people know to expect that if there's a D&D campaign Derek's running, we're probably going to fight a dragon. Mm-hmm. Like people have accepted that as part of like the DMing stuff I do. I have the um, same thing about uh undead and cults. Everybody yeah. knows that you're going to run into one of those if not both for me. Exactly. And like <clears throat> I, I and I think like the the other least favorite thing I I don't like doing is like um no i guess i guess it's really just like the nitty-gritty city planning i really i think and i think it stems from a weakness of being able to of not being able to dm too well in a cityscape in a Mm -hmm. medieval city like i i really thrive yeah it's tough there's so many layers to a city so many people like when it's a sparsely populated world or a 
desolate dungeon with just monsters, it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoy that a lot more. Um, and I think I, yeah, I, I think I enjoy the, my favorite part of the process probably is going on Pinterest and finding images from artists and like collecting those and like packaging it into like a mood board for yep. my players. I, that's, that's, I fucking yeah. love that too. That's yeah. Fun. That's definitely up there. Sometimes I'll make a playlist. Um, yep, and yep. then occasionally I'll do research. Like I'll watch a bunch of sword and sorcery movies to prep. Mm. Um, so it's like that kind of stuff I like. Um, I also really enjoy like writing broad strokes history. I think the common trend, I the common thing I feel about writing a game is I don't like, I really don't enjoy creating lore. Um Hmm. perhaps that is what it, it all goes back to i don't like creating lore i don't want to create lore and then be locked into it yeah i'd rather play a bit of calvin ball uh with my players Definitely. Um, and so the less lore i have to create at the start the better um but yeah what about you um least favorite thing is actually doing sort of nitty gritty things like the fucking thing i hate the worst is a lot like that where i'm like Okay, what am I going to name this in? What am I going to name this fucking in? Um, you know, like I don't love doing that very much. Mm. Um, I do love getting nitty gritty with things like dungeons, though, just because I really enjoy being in those spaces. Um, I enjoy getting nitty gritty with uh, NPCs sometimes. Um mm-hmm. I do like lore though. And I have a really broad definition of lore because lore for me goes all the way from like what happened in this to make the world the way it is like to like, are there gods or not do the gods, how close are the gods to the, to the universe? Right. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and, but it also goes all the way down to some mechanical choices that I'll make. Like, so for this, campaign i'm i'm running right now um there are only going to be four uh, lineages available to to players um which is basically human dwarves kenku and they're not tieflings but they are tieflings um they look like tieflings but they're not fiendish um and there's a reason why i picked each one and there's some variations on them that I put into place. Like for example, um, in this world, dwarves work like bees, um, where there's a queen and then there's a bunch of, um, like, um, AMAB people. Um, like it's like 97, 98 to one or two, um, in terms of AFAB to AMAB. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that just really influences their culture. They're hyper matriarchal, um, uh, but also sort of repressive in some ways. And then, um, by contrast, the, 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 the tieflings, which I'm just calling horned daughters are all AFAB. They're all, um, born with, um, born and would be gendered as, as women. Um, and that's not to say that there aren't trans people in the world. They're super are, um, for mm-hmm. me, but like, um but but the the reason for that is and spoilers i hope none of my players are listening to this show right now actually um is that long ago there were also elves but they were all sort of killed off except for this last um enclave of like female sorcerer elves sorceress elves who 
basically like sent their souls off to be like reincarnated in like the in like the human lineage um Mm -hmm. creating these like horned women instead um and so they're constantly being reincarnated so they're always basically the same person um Mm. And then like the Kenku I picked because they used to be homunculi created by human wizards. And so the Kenku have a lot of distrust of uh, arcane magic and to some extent like human wizards. Like that's like a very scary thing for they don't like that. And that was like literally only like 300 years ago that that happened, that they stopped being homunculi and started being their own set of beings. Um, And so like that's super fun for me. I love doing that. Like that's cool to to me to to get to put together that much detail you know in the same way like i know all the gods and i assign different like cleric domains to different gods you know um and so there's uh there's there's a fun in that for me um in which like i like creating like a holistic world that i can offer to my players for them to step into as opposed to sometimes i kind of like opening up a blank canvas that I've made a couple of vague outlines on and we all get to like throw all the paint on together. Now what happens next for me in this like kind of detailed lore stuff, like so much of what I do is just set up, like it's all context stuff. Like I don't like putting in, um, like I don't know a lot about like what are dwarven clans like now? I don't really know that. Um, Uh I just want there to be enough context for like, my players to work with. Like I want to put out a bunch of paints this time, right? Lots of colors Mm. for them to work with so that they don't have to bring their own, so to speak. Um, and, and it's fun for me. And like, that comes down to like monster choice. Like I, I was like, let's limit my undead and demon choices so that I will steer away from cults and, and fiends and undead for a little bit. And like, what sort of gigantic monsters are in the monster manual that I never use because I will, if I want one of those, I default to dragon, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Stuff like that. So like, it's, it's fun. It's fun for me in that way. I love doing that stuff. And also I'm super with you. I always make a playlist. I always make a Pinterest board. Always. Yeah. Like I think if I could get to a place where starting a campaign was as simple as showing up with a map and like a little book of like notes to reference and then see what people come up with kind of like take a page out of your book um man it would make i think it would take so much pressure off of the game i think um and maybe that's like another thing to talk about is like i've been seeing a lot of folks talk about the dm crisis Mm -hmm. um and I and I don't know exactly. I don't. I haven't done too much digging into it. This probably could be a separate episode. But. Yeah, my my understanding of the DM crisis is there's two problems. One, with the advent of the Matt Mercers and all of that, um, there's a lot more pressure on a GM. Yeah, and a lot more pressure to play provide a particular sort of game. One in which um, it feels like a produced show where really what's happening is everybody's taking turns being in the absolute spotlight where a borderline scripted thing happens. Um, I kind of call them um, backstory shows or backstory campaigns where what we're really doing is we're taking turns, having people's backstories come kick them in the ass. Uh Um, And that's awesome. I've played in those. I've run those. They can be really fun. Nothing against that high pressure on the GM, huge pressure Um, and a lot of disappointment. And it's also tricky because it also requires other players to kind of wait their turn 
all the yeah. time. What I constantly tell my players is don't go like, give me like, write a backstory, write as much as you want. But to remember this, we're playing the adventure. The more interesting things are going to happen in the game together. Right. Yeah. Like, and also think about levels one through three kind of as your actual backstory. Yeah. You know, your backstory yeah. is just what you were doing until you actually decided to be a main character. Also, I play with a significant amount of character death. There's no guarantee you're going to make it past level one. Sorry. Yeah. But that's also yeah. some OSR um, prob- possibilities. The other problem, in my opinion, is there is a crushing weight of info at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, to be a GM is to be very... It is very hard from a pure mechanical standpoint. There's a mm-hmm. lot of pressure for a GM to have be an expert in the game. And there's a lot of rules and there's a lot of content, right? Like, yeah, fucking I love Warlock as a class. And last session, my player pulled out a thing that I didn't know about um, that when I went back and looked at it, I was like, wow, I can't believe I've never taken this invocation before. I cannot believe it. I would take this invocation every fucking time, but I didn't even know about it. I didn't even know about it. Yeah. Um, and part of that has to do with the fact that I don't get to play that often. I'm almost always the the, the dungeon master. Mm-hmm. And I think, and so I think that there's a lot of crisis because it's really hard to be versed enough. And then on top of that, confident enough that if you get in that situation where, cause I want to say that player used the invocation a little wrong, not completely wrong, but a little wrong. Um, <laughs> and yeah. so uh, to be confident enough that like uh, that character actually ended up dying. So I don't have to worry about it. But if, 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 if they hadn't and they came back and they used it again, I would be like, listen, I looked that up. It's awesome. Here's how you properly use it. Um, mm-hmm. That would be fine. And also keeping the game running and not needing to stop and go through. Right. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, it's a high task and I, you know, like I, I think that it's a particular skill set that not everybody has um, mm-hmm. going into it. And I think anybody can learn it. Anybody can be a, a very good GM. Um, I know we're running out of time on this episode, um, but I, I just want to give one piece of advice to like potential GMs out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are 100% within your rights to just say, listen, this is my first time. We're just running what's in the player's handbook right now. Please. Like, yeah, I know there's other stuff out there, but we're just doing this or we're just doing the player's handbook and um, and the dragon Fizzband's dragon book, because that's super neat. And we all want to do dragons and they're going to be dragons in the campaign. So that's great. Yeah. Um, it's OK to put restrictions down um, so long as your players know up front, because um, that's a thing. That's a thing I, I, I do often um, in this campaign I'm running right now, like. I basically am saying these are the subclasses. There are no dragons and fiends um, and, and celestials. So that kicked out a lot of subclasses or giants even. So that kicked out a few too. Um, So I was like, these don't exist because there are no dragons. Sorry. Um, But also that's easier for me to, because I'm like, I know all of the options. Nobody's going to come to me with the fucking echo Knight, Um, And I'm like, what is that? I actually know what that is, but like, and I actually yeah. am including it in this campaign, but like, that's a, that's a more obscure one than say like oh, the battle master. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I would just advise people like, it's okay to put on restrictions. Um, and I would also just like particularly say like a really easy one is just saying we're, we're just going vanilla player's handbook, monster manual, dungeon master's guide. If it's not in there, we're not playing it right now. Yeah, (laughs) no. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's how I prefer to roll. And I guess maybe this, maybe we can do a part two of this Dane after you've started this next campaign Mm -hmm. and like, you can give like the things you've learned or like feedback from this campaign that you are in the process of preparing for and starting. Yeah. Uh, and I think that'd be I, really cool. Maybe we'll do a well. Maybe we'll do a third one too, because I'm also in the process of finishing a campaign. Oh yes, we'll definitely can, have to talk about ending ending games because that is. Uh, I mean, we've talked about endings on this show, but not ending a game. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard so, to pull off, and it's rare that you get there in the first place. So yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Speaking yeah. of ending, uh, we're out of time. We are, uh, we were out of time ten minutes ago, as yes, per we usual. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's been a minute. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening to this week's episode. Uh, expect more from us as we come into the end of the the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we are gonna make our twenty six episode goal. We are gonna do it. <laughs> we are gonna do it. Dane Dane has been saying it, and uh, yeah, we're gonna do it. Come hell or high <laughs> water, if we have to release two episodes one week. We might. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, don't I know. hope we don't. I really, I, hope, I we really don't. hope we don't for Derek's sake. But because we've had to do that, I think the last two seasons, um, something like so that. So I hope we don't this time. But yeah, um, you can follow the show everywhere at Dane and Derek. We don't really post, but sometimes we do. Uh, and uh, you can follow. You can go to my website, benigfilms.com. I just updated my portfolio. It's got all a bunch of stuff I've done, and it's also got a bunch of stuff Dane's in. That's uh, true. <laughs> and that Dane helped produce. So uh, go take a look at that. Uh, Dane, where can the good folks listening in uh, find you? Um, you can go to danewrites.com. That's D-A-N-E and then W-R-I-T-E-S.com. Um, and there you'll find links out to um, what limited social media I have. And um, my Substack, which I haven't updated in a really long time um but there's examples of my writing there there's links out to uh the other podcasts i've done uh which actually one is i probably need to take down because it's just out to nothing now because we bundled them all together into just diceology so i would i would recommend going there if you want to hear me start some campaigns and finish a few yeah and even pick one up from another player who was the gm and then i we swapped halfway through yeah also a wild experience because i felt like i was starting a campaign in a completely different way anyways another time another time another tale for another time yeah thanks for listening everybody yes thank you goodbye 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 not far from Oh.